Welcome to the Shoot Got Real podcast, episode three. Today, our guest is John Abisad. He's the manager at West Harbour Rugby and the vice president of the Sydney Rugby Union. Thanks for stopping by. Um, tell us, what's the situation? Obviously, West Harbour um, playing out of Concord Oval, which is going through renovations. What's the situation there? So we had a move. Um, well, firstly, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, no it's worries. a pleasure to be here. Um, we, we moved out of Concord Oval uh, a couple of days after Easter. Mm. And so we're now in a temporary facility uh, at St. Luke's across the road. Yep. That's where the office and the gym and so on are, where we normally train on a, on a Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday evening. Mm. And uh, we're playing predominantly most of our games out of Jermoyne Oval for the next two years at least. Right, okay. Um, very much looking forward to that. Mm. Um, it's amazing ground to play rugby on and uh, we're looking forward to introducing ourselves to the Jermoyne, Russell Lee, Hunters Hill, Balmain community. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I was going to ask, was it always going to be Dremoyne Oval? I mean, I kind of thought, you know, don't see a lot of rugby played there. Well, you saw the Dirty Reds down there and they, they've got oh, yeah. quite a number of grades. Mm. Um, they're very strong. I think they, they, they took out the premiership. Oh, the, actually, no, I think Mossman beat them in the last minute, but I don't hold me to that. No. Um, but yeah, no, they've got a strong presence down at Dremoyne and mm. uh, we've been talking to Dremoyne uh, as a as a club and potentially talking about playing double headers together right. uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. So we, were, we were looking at potentially playing uh, their first grade before our first grade and, mm. and really sort of making, um, aligning Dremoyne and West Harbour together and, yeah. and making a day of rugby out of it. I could be wrong. I think um, a team like Eastwood's been trying to do that kind of thing in recent years. I think they're trying to move it up to the sort of Hills district a little bit. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I read the ground was going to be renovated ideally by mid-2021, but that's not what you're hearing. It sounds to be a little bit more... Um, we, were, we were initially told by council that we would be moving out in, late, in early December. Mm. Uh, that was then again pushed back to um, March and then mm. pushed back again to April. Right. So they have started demolition. Demolition started last week. Yep. Um, and they're pulling out the iconic seats, all the coloured seats are... Yeah pretty much gone on they're all gone on the western grandstand mm. and most of these have gone by the end of the week on the eastern grandstand and they're knocking down the amenities buildings and things around that and they'll start on the main stadium uh, shortly but look we can't really comment as to when it's going to be finished we're being told that mm. uh, it'll be on time yep who knows um it, it kind of has needed an upgrade for a while were you guys like trying to actively get it upgraded did it come as a surprise or what, what's the story no, we share the facility with the Tigers, the West mm. Tigers, and mm. um, the West Tigers were looking to create a centre of excellence. And so between council, the West Tigers, and, and to a lesser extent ourselves, we discussed the idea of, of the development. And um, right. I think there's a lot of money came in from the federal government and the state government and the Tigers themselves, and, and to a, as I said, to a much lesser extent ourselves. Yeah, no, it was, it was an opportunity, I think, to... Re, re, rejuvenate that that ground, which definitely needed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. an iconic stadium, but it's probably um, past its use-by date. Um, if you can, if you can have that with the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that development is going ahead, it, it is going to be very different to what it is now in terms of uh, its seating capacity. 
Yeah. And during the week, the actual ground will be open to the community to use and walk through and, and so yeah. on. So it's, we're trying to, I think <clears throat> council's perspective is that it becomes a center of excellence for the Tigers and for ourselves and then mm. a community area, which is great, which yeah. is what we want. What do you think would be a realistic time where for the Pirates to be hosting games there again, probably a few years down the track? We are very much hoping to be back in there by the, the, the commencement of 2022. And okay. we have some plans uh, afoot, which we're discussing in terms of how we mark our return there. Mm. Uh, we're looking at, and I, I'm a, I don't, I, nothing is certain, but we're looking no. at potentially playing uh, an international match as a warm-up match um, right. against an, an Asian, Asian team. I'm not going to yep. say who. Mm. Um, because we're still in negotiations around that, mm. that would be very much in uh, in um, pre-season, leading yep. up to the start of the 2022 season. Okay. And we want to activate our community uh, within the inner west, and particularly in the Burwood, Strathfield, Concord area, which has a large Asian population. Yeah, uh, I myself was on the board of Asia Rugby for five years, so uh-huh, I've okay. got a lot of connections yeah. there, mm. and uh, I'm looking to try and introduce. Uh, more of an not necessarily an Asian flair, but definitely introduce the community to rugby. Yeah, and right. Engage those. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping 2022, mm. but you know, it's up to uh, it's up to the construction gods. Let's put it. No, that. for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, talk about putting on. Yeah, kind of day of it. I went to. Um, I went along when you guys played that last game there. I think it was Sydney Uni in the last round last year and you made you know yeah. a real day of it so it was great yeah look we, we, we've got plans for bigger things moving mm. forward in particular in the Dremoyne area and trying to engage the inner western community inner western sydney community much more actively and you know look all of those things will come to fruition eventually but yeah you know everyone's in the same position through COVID. so no you're right i'll um, touch on that a bit later you know, um mm, I, I was going to ask does the upgrade kind of, um, and we saw the grand final, for the Shoot Shield grand final's been moved around a little bit in recent times. I was thinking, does the upgrade maybe mean when it's all complete that Concord Oval could host again? Or Look, potentially, um, mm. seating-wise, in terms of stadium seating, yep. I, there, there's only going to be between three to 5,000 seats. Right, okay. But there is going to be a chairman's lounge, uh, quite a large chairman's lounge with... Mm with an open deck at the top. But then okay. if you look around the, the field, um, there's going to be stepped hills uh, on the eastern side and the, yep. the north, the southern side, mm. which means that you've got a capacity there potentially of 15,000 in, wow. in those stepped hills. So it is going to be probably the best state-of-the-art shoot shield facility in Sydney Wow. Um, in terms of the quality. And look, look, that's something that's going to have to be discussed in the future with... Yeah. The SRU board. Uh, I know there's ongoing discussions at the moment about where a potential grand final will be held this mm. year and moving forward because, yeah. look, it's all uncertain at the moment. We've got no, a nominal yeah. start date, but, uh, you know, we are looking ahead to see where potentially we could play a grand final um, this year and then moving forward. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, Concord is definitely an option. Yeah, okay. No, I was going to say um, also regarding the upgrade, I mean, when you got a state-of-the-art ground like that's probably a lot easier to attract a crowd really absolutely yeah yeah and look uh, the fact that it's open to the community it'll be open to the community during the week Mm. will mean that the community will a lot more access to it and they they'll have a feeling for it Mm. Uh, whereas at the moment it's very restricted and yeah you know besides us 
the Tigers don't actually use the field to play. They just train no, there. No, train, yeah. And it doesn't attract a crowd for them. Mm-hmm. And then you know, there's other nominal sports that play that play there, but it, it doesn't attract a huge crowd. Mm-hmm. So we're no. hoping that the renovation will bring new blood, new people, yep. um, new, new supporters, sponsors, everything. Coronavirus is obviously... I think they were saying, might have been Phil Parsons the other day, put out a video and he said the first half of the season or whatever will be played uh, without crowds. Uh, how will that affect a team like West Harbour? Oh, look, we draw a lot of strength as a club from our very strong supporter base, mm. um, which is not a huge supporter base, to be mm. honest. Yep. Um, we've got very loyal yep. supporters and very um, vocal supporters. You know, you you put 50 of our old boys into the president's box upstairs and it sounds like 500. But, I mean, look, I think we probably haven't been playing to a capacity audience for a while. Mm-hmm. So not having crowds, it's not ideal, yeah. but it's probably not going to be as much of a factor for us as, as say, let's say, you know, a ringer that can draw 10,000 no, people. No, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've got to be quite honest about that. But mm. um, we think that even with COVID, yeah, um, and the fact that there won't be any crowds potentially hmm. for the first part of the season, yeah, look, the f- it won't be as much of a factor. But no. we are looking forward to introducing ourselves to, to the Drummond community, and yep, and we really hope that once the crowds are allowed back in, that that we do enough marketing and that, and that the, the, the Drummond Balmain communities come down and watch the games and get involved, and and we've got some exciting things planned for that as well. For sure. Um, sort of moving on to the on-field stuff. Uh, how are West's mm-hmm. kind of looking this year I mean, in terms of uh, participation numbers and that? Uh, I think back a couple of years when, uh, I could be wrong here, but I think you were kind of struggling to put three Colts teams on the field. What's the situation look like now? We did a, well, this year is our is a milestone year for us. I'm mm. not sure if you can see it on the shirt, West Harbour. Um, mm. So we're 120 years Western Suburbs and, uh, and 25 years as West Harbour. And so we were very adamant that we wanted to be competitive in our milestone year, yeah. So we did a lot of recruiting over the uh, the the off season, mm. uh, and we managed to recruit a lot of young, really quality Colts players. Wow. Um, so look, look, the numbers were great in preseason. Mm. We had our first training session again last night, and we restricted it to top the top grades and to the top grade Colts team. Okay. Uh, we just couldn't because of the COVID restrictions. We couldn't yep. afford to have any everyone there right yeah um, so at the moment yeah, yeah. you know it's still very strong our top grade team looks fantastic mm. um i'm not going to talk too much about who we've signed no yeah uh, because we want to be somewhat of a surprise but That's fair. Uh, we've got a very very strong group of young um, men both in cults and in grade and we've we've really worked hard to build on um the foundations we put in last year uh, no, we may not have had the most successful year last year but we yep. were we were competitive and we, we retained about 75% of our top grade That's good. team. Mm. And we've really built um, our head coach, Mark Gudmanson, and his coaching team have really, really done a lot of work to, to build a strong squad. Um, well, yeah. Moving uh, forward. So we're very excited. Very excited. Um, so, yeah, I think the Sydney Rugby Union, um, you'd all be aware of this, would the clubs they said officially would be, uh, I think two grades would be put on the park at least, and then a Colts team, and then you basically get to choose how many others you want to field. Do you have any idea how many grades you'd put out on 
any given Saturday? Look, at this stage, we're, we're focusing on returning our top grades and our Colts team okay. uh, to training. We'll make a decision on the rest of that in the, in the future, right. depending on what the, the restrictions are in terms of COVID. One of the issues around COVID is that um, the way that things are happening mm. and, and the restrictions and protocols required more than likely at this stage, and I'm just talking at this stage because we're still very early days, yeah. Uh, each change room is going to need to be sanitised after every game. Right, yeah. Which means that you can only potentially play three grades on the one field because you need to give yourself an hour and a half mm. to two hours to be able to sanitise and move the other team off the field. Right, okay. Um, so if you want to play the lower grades, you have to play them at a different field mm. um, and the, the lower grade Colts and you'll have to sanitise those no, change yeah, rooms okay. as well. So that's a very expensive process. I I think I recently got a quote for about a thousand dollars a day wow. just for one. Year. So it costs will come into it, mm. particularly if there's no crowds. Mm. So some teams, including West Harbour, will have to make a decision based on on their finances. To be honest, yeah. Um, I was going to talk about the first grade team, and you know, probably not the results you would be after for a few years now. But that being said, you kind of showed uh, last year. I think you can kind of beat anyone. Got down here, you might have beat Randwick, Northern Suburbs, had a draw with Manly. What should we expect this year from the Pirates? I think that people are going to be surprised. Okay. I think that last year really demonstrated mm. what Mark and his team were able to do in terms of putting together a team that... Because, look, I'll be honest, and I think there was a lot of media around where the Pirates were at the end of, the, of 2018... Yeah, um, you know, if you go back and do a lot of you know a search through Google. You see articles. The club was on the brink of its demise, and all of this mm. other stuff. Mm. Um, we had a low retention rate in first and second grade. Yeah, and so Mark had to rebuild the team virtually from scratch. It speaks volumes of his coaching ability. Yeah, and the team around his coaching ability to be able to put a team on the field last year that was competitive. Mm. And you're right, we did beat Randwick, we beat Norths, we beat Parramatta at Bankwest Stadium, the first rugby game ever played there. Yep. Uh, we came close to beating Warringah in, in round three or four. Mm. So we weren't far off the mark. No. Um, this year, I think we're going to be very, very competitive. And I think, as I said, people are going to be surprised. I remember um, I was talking to uh, Bill Clifton from the uh, Newcastle Hunter and I asked him how he thinks the Newcastle team will go and he was pretty confident. He said um, probably just sneaking into the finals. If you had to put a name on it, where, where, where do you think? Uh, mate, we've had this conversation internally. Yeah, right. And uh, I'm, look, I don't want to predict what could happen. No. But I'll just say that we, we're, we want to win the competition. We mm. want to win the competition. That's where yeah. we are. Whether it's this year, next year, or five yeah. years from now, finals are fantastic. Yeah. But you don't go into the shoot shield competition to win to, to get to the finals. You no. want to win the comp. That's the that's the, the the that's the mindset that West Harbour is taking forward now. Yeah. Um I was gonna you mentioned sort of uh, teams like Penrith and Newcastle. What do you what do you or head coach um, Mark Gudmanson, what do you expect from teams like that? Look, I mean, a lot of what we're hearing about Penrith's recruiting is mm. quite positive in terms of, you know, the ability that they, the, the playing ability that they seem to be attracting yeah. out to Penrith. It's a lot of it is hearsay at the moment. Mm. And we don't really know what is true and what's not. I mean, there's a lot of conversations in the media about it. I think with Penrith, especially, if, you know, with coaches like John Muggleton out there and 
likely with Palu involved from what I've heard. And yeah, um, you know, there's even conversations about potentially Mark Gerard being there as well. Right. Um, that's going to, that's going to attract quality players and they seem to be recruiting very hard. So you don't know. I mean, no, Penrith yeah. could be this year. We really don't know what they're going to be able to put, do on the field. Mm. Um, Newcastle, I think, again, there's a lot of quality players up in that Hunter region, yeah. Newcastle Hunter. So we, had a, we developed an academy team last year and we played a number of games against Mate, the Maitland Blacks who were in right. the Newcastle Hunter um, region against yep. their academy squad, the junior squad. And they were phenomenal. I mean, their junior squad was fantastic. Under-17s, under-18s. Wow. A lot of them were New South Gen Blues. Um, so, again, you could end up in a situation where they pick the best quality players out of the Hunter mm. and Newcastle and a very strong team on the field. Yeah, wow. Um, Depth-wise, I mean, if they're only putting on two grades, one Colts, then yep. they don't have to worry too much about depth. But no. you still have to compete. I, I think that um, the Shoot Shield, particularly in the last two to three years, has stepped up in terms of professionalism and quality yeah. beyond what other people assume. Right. It's attracting some very quality players. I mean, we had a South African player, Tyler, I remember. who came over last year. And yep. he was a phenomenal player. He signed with, with Utah mm. in the MLR there for four years. And he was saying that the Shoot Shield is at a higher standard than club, the club competition in, um, yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, so, one thing I've been saying, I mean, there's... Uh, a couple of the coaches recently, I think it was Rob Taylor from Sydney Uni and um, uh, his name slips me, but the guy from Gordon. And then they just go and sign, yeah. you know, professional competition. Yeah, Darren, competition. Yeah, Darren Coleman announced today he's going to the LA... That's uh, be it, yeah. Gentinis or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but it, 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 yeah, it struck me as, you know, um, being kind of yeah. telling that they can kind of just slot into these professional setups. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Shoot shield. Well, look, we lost, we lost Tyler to Utah last year. Mm. And Tiana, number 10, got signed by the Lions. So, you know, we had quality players yep. who really came... Like, Tian spoke about it after he left West Harbour and went back to South Africa. Yeah. That playing shoot shield gave him... Reinvigorated him. Right. Gave him a new lease on life to rugby. And wow. I think we underestimate the quality of the competition that we, we, we have here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've we've signed a new television rights deal with with Rugby Australia, and yep. you know it's obvious that both um, or a lot of the individuals who were involved in that saw the the potential of the competition. I was going to ask from a sort of uh, Sydney Rugby Union point of view. Uh, you are the pre uh, the vice president there. Sorry, um, July yes. eighteen start date is what we're aiming for. Does that look realistic from the conversations you've had? Look, it's a nominal start date at the moment. Mm -hmm. We are working towards that as the start date. Yeah, yep. we're being guided yep. by New South Wales Rugby and New South Wales Health, and so the final say will be up to New South Wales Health in the end. Right. Um, it, it, you know, we cannot dictate when when we want the competition to start. No, we can say nominally we want it on the 18th of July, mm. but if the protocols haven't been relaxed mm -hmm. or uh, they won't allow it then there's very little that we can do. It's not like no, for sure. we don't want it. Mm. Um, I think, look, the NRL is going to be a test case. Yeah. And I think if the NRL can get through the next few weeks without an outbreak or without a mm. positive test, then it probably bodes well for other sports, including the Shoot Shield. I, mean, I, th I think uh, probably it's a little bit further down the track even, but 
do they have any idea when we could start to be seeing crowds back at the rugby? Yeah, look, the discussion at an SIU level is that potentially, again, nominally and mm. potentially towards um, perhaps September, okay. sort of that area, okay. yep. which would be the second yep. half of the season. Mm. Um, but again, it will, you know, if the, if the NRL can, has, is able to uh, or allowed to have crowds and yep. there's no outcomes or clusters, mm. then you know, it, would be, it would be easier for us to then go and make the suggestion that we should be able to have crowds as well. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose when it comes to that, it's probably a step-by-step process. You might see 50 um, uh, crowds limited at 50 spectators and 100 and then 200 or whatever it is. Well, there's no reason, for example, if, if you know, so they're saying that by June 1st, there's 50 people allowed in pubs and restaurants and so on. Yeah. If you've got an oval mm. or a large stadium, yeah. you could potentially have 50 people in segregated areas. Yeah, yeah. So you could potentially have a few hundred there. But again, that would be that would require planning. And no, yeah. it would very yeah, much yeah. require the the approval of the health authorities and the government. For it sure. is not up to us. Think, no, yeah. You know, I think it's very easy to say Sydney Rugby Union should make a decision, or or New South Wales Rugby or Rugby Australia. It's really not up to us. Yeah, we are doing the best that we can by having nominal start dates, hmm. and we're all working towards those. But at the same time, this is bigger than us. I was going to ask about uh, teams like. Penrith and Newcastle, obviously mentioned them before. Um, do, you, do you have any idea whether, obviously they've been included this year. We don't really, uh, I don't well, know if they're meant to be included. They've nominally been included. Yeah. Let's just be, honest, be frank about that. They've nominally yep. been included at the moment. So they are preparing to enter the competition. Yeah. Things could change. We've, right. There's no draw yet. No. We're working on a draw. Uh, but again, until we've got health authority checks um, and, and approval, hmm. we have to careful about what we say in terms of it's a very it is a time where we all have to be very cautious unfortunately well look we are having discussions at a shoot shield level about putting in certain criteria that's required yeah. for teams to become for possible expansion into the future yeah um we know that, that newcastle and both newcastle and penrith are very keen mm. to get back into shield yeah there's also some talk around interest from other community clubs and and uh universities okay. i won't mention which ones no. yep. at the moment because it's all still hearsay yeah uh, but you know there'll be there will be a, 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 a competition criteria that the clubs will have to meet mm. in order to gain entry into the competition all right well that just about does it uh but thank you so much for coming on Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity and Thank you. To, to talk about club and, and rugby. It's uh, definitely a passion and something yeah. I love to talk about. No worries. Well, thanks very much, John. Um, I'll probably talk to my you pleasure. at some point Thank down you. the track. And hopefully, hopefully we'll see you down at Jermaine Oval later in yeah, the year watching totally. one of our games. Yeah. <laughs> with the young Henry's in your hand and It'll be great. one of our pies and whatever else. Yeah. I can't wait, honestly. Thank you so much for listening to Shoot Got Real podcast and a big thank you to John Abisad from West Harbour for agreeing to come onto the show as well. We'll have another show next week. In the meantime, you can subscribe on anchor.fm, Spotify, and of course, like us on Facebook.